Heavenly Father, thank you for this time uh, as a congregation to, to dream a little bit about what you'd have us do uh, as Christians, as, as believers, uh, here in this place or, or wherever we call our church home, our community. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you would empower your church uh, to be your hands and feet, proclaiming that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, so I know we have a, a number of uh, folks here for a tournament uh, that's going to be taking place a, a little later on, basketball tournament. Different churches are represented today. Uh, we as a, a body of believers here at St. Lawrence, um, we've been in uh, the start of a sermon series, a, a values and vision sermon series that we are going to be diving back into today. <clears throat> I promise if uh, St. Lawrence is not your church home, you're still going to be able to walk out of here with something uh, by way of a message and God speaking to you, so please hang in there uh, when I start to describe uh, specific values that we have here at St. Lawrence. All right. So um, in the gospel that Tim just read for us to reflect on, Jesus asks a couple of questions. Now, I can't really see you, so I'm not going to have you raise your hands, but I know there's a number of teachers here, right? And I know that teachers like to, every once in a while, ask questions that they know the answer to, and they want to know what their students are going to have to say, right? And they're expecting this kind of a reaction. And you're all praying for that one person to speak up, right, and, and chime in, right? And so Jesus, in some mercy and some compassion with his followers, he actually lobs a soft one up for him, right? He's like, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they're like, oh, John the Baptist, oh, Elijah, oh, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And they're like, yeah. Then he flips the question and aims it right at them. He says, but who do you say that I am? And there may have been a little bit of confusion there in those followers. What? We were just talking about the Son of Man. Thank God for Peter when he chimed in, he gave an answer because it's like, oh. but here's the thing, that question, but who do you say that I am? Every one of us needs to be able to give an answer. It's not just one person believing for all of us, right? We all are accountable to that question that Jesus asks, who do you say that I am? And if we believe that God is who he says he is, that he is the Christ, the one that has come to rescue and redeem a, a lost and fallen world, if we believe Jesus to be who he is and what he came to do and why he came to do it, then that should inform all of our decisions. It should inform the way we live our life. It should inform our actions, our behaviors, how we interact with one another. And what Jesus deems to be important should be absolutely important to us. And what matters to Jesus should matter to us as his followers, right? And so we as a, a body of believers over the course of the last couple of years have been doing some work to make sure that our, our ministries are, are aligned with what Jesus would say are important. And as we seek to show how beautiful it is to live with Jesus uh, through our words and our deeds, we're, we're asking the question now, okay, are everything we are about, about the things that Jesus would have us do, is the main thing the main thing? And we've wrestled with some of these questions, and we've asked of our congregation, we've asked of our ministry council, we've asked of our commissions. Uh, many of you have participated uh, in this process, even some beyond the walls of our 
congregation have participated in this. And, and we landed on uh, some values. And I'm just going to lay these out, okay, just for our own just kind of pondering. It's a biblical truth, right? We value God's word, compassionate care, gracious hospitality, outreach, joyful generosity, a legacy of faith, and our heritage. Those are things that we see are important, and we're asking the question, do these line up with what Jesus would have us teach, profess, believe, and get out to the world? And you know what? There are some of these values that describe St. Lawrence 2AT, right? The teachings that we have, biblical truth, that matters to this congregation. It matters to us as pastors. It matters to the teachers that are teaching in our schools, right? We draw from God's word and we teach the faith. And that Bible is our source and norm. It's the foundation of everything we profess and believe. So biblical truth, it describes us, right? A legacy of faith. That's another value that describes this congregation. We want to see generations after us and generations after them know Jesus, profess Jesus as Lord, and then help others come to know him. And our schools are doing an amazing job, our Lutheran schools are doing an amazing job of preparing future leaders, both in the communities that they serve and also within the church. And we're also able to do that in our homes for those of us that are called to be parents, when we live out our faith in the home, our children are watching, right? And it's a value that we have. Our heritage here in this place, um, our heritage, where we've come from, means a whole lot. We've been blessed to serve and worship in this community, worship our Lord and, and serve this community for 178 years. That's two years longer than the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod has even existed. And we've been able to be a part of the founding body, that church body. And, and we value that. And we want it to continue on for another 178 plus years, right? And, and that's a, a beautiful thing. Now, there's some of these values that I described that are more, we want to get there. We want to be in this. We want that to be a, a primary value, right? And you know what? Every church can grow in this area. Hospitality, gracious hospitality, making people feel welcome when they come in. That, yeah, you got a place here. We're glad to see you. Jesus is your Lord also. And we want to continue to grow in that. We also want to continue to grow in outreach where we're, where we're looking beyond us and, and impacting the kingdom around us so that people who don't have a relationship with Jesus right now will be joining us uh, in heaven when God comes back. So we can all continue to grow in outreach. So we landed on those core values. And once we had that, the um, question that came up was, okay, now what? And so over most of 2022, we were able, to, through the help of a pastor by the name of Bill Woosley and, and a ministry called Five Two, a ministry consultant, came and just kind of got us to look at some things and ask questions about who we are as a church and, and what we value. And we took all of that work that's already been done. And as we continue to worship Christ and serve our community, we can check ourselves against um, those value statements, those core values. And what he did is he kind of helped us flush it out with everyday language so that anybody, when they see these, what I'm going to share with you now, one of these statements, so I'm going to add, there we go. When you see this phrase, this is a value statement, right? Jesus and his word are what everyone needs for life and salvation. When you look at that and you recognize that this is something that St. Lawrence is saying is important, do you know what this church is about? We're about Jesus, 
right? And we value his word. We believe that Jesus is the one who came to seek and save the lost, that he's the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. We're all about Jesus and we want to point back to Christ and we use his word as our guiding principle, our guiding foundation, right? But who is it for? It's for everyone. And last week, Pastor Eden, in a beautiful message, as he's talking about recognizing the value of human life, all life, right? Um, he did a beautiful job of getting us to go, where are those areas where we maybe don't place a value on, pertin on certain people, maybe because of their behaviors or their actions, or they do things a little different than us, right? And, and we place a value there. So Jesus and his word are what everyone needs for what? For life. Life is a gift, salvation. We, we want to be able to be with our Lord in eternity forever, and we can't get there on our own. We need Jesus' help. He steps in. He intervenes. He takes care of that sin that separates us, and so Jesus and his word are what everyone needs for life and salvation. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at statements like this. We, there's only four. This is the first one. And then on February 19th, Pastor Brad, our administrative pastor, is going to be here. He's going to lay out a vision, a short-term vision, for areas that we can make practical steps in impacting the kingdom all to God's glory. And I'm looking forward to what that's going to look like for us here as a ministry at St. Lawrence. When I think of practical steps, though, now I'm going to take you back to Caesarea Philippi because Jesus uses a practical teaching to get his disciples ready to go out into the ministry and proclaim him as Christ. And so I'm going to take you back to Caesarea Philippi. Maybe you know the history of this place, maybe not. Um, it's about 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee, so the region of, of Galilee. It's about 25 miles north of there. And at one point in time in the Old Testament, this area, Caesarea Philippi, um, was part of the northern kingdom of Israel. God's people were working and living amongst this area here. Right? And they had a place of, of worship for, for the Lord. And then under some leadership that was not wanting to follow God in his direction, evil to say the least, uh, they turned their back on God and God was angry. There began this practice of Baal worship or false gods were being worshipped. Baal was one of them. And eventually what ends up happening is this region ends up being conquered by Rome. Uh, the guy that comes in names the area after him, so Philip, so Caesarea Philippi. And this place is known as just bad news. It's a, the red light district of the region. And there's activities going on. There's temples that are built. Um, this area right here, this cave, is called the Gate of Hades. And so there were people in this community that were, were basically knocking on evil's door. They had temples right here. And they were basically trying to get these underworld gods to come up and behave uh, to do things that the human beings needed, right? So the god of nature, Pan, is worshipped here. And they used ritual prostitution and some other deplorable acts to, to get it to rain when they needed it to rain, right? Or, or whatever. And it was just, just gross. And let your imagine goes, any way, any shape, anything was, was good there. Absolutely not a place for any self-respecting Jew to be. And so for the disciples, when Jesus takes them here, just before he's getting ready to launch them into a ministry, they got to be already confused and a little on edge. What are we here for, Jesus? What's going on? And then he sends out the softball question, who does people say the Son of Man is? Now who do you say I am? 
And thank God for Peter. He goes, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God, right? And he looks right at Peter and he says, you're blessed. And he celebrates that confession. He says, Peter, guess what? I'm going to build my church on that statement. I'm going to build my church on the fact that I am the Christ, the one that's come to reconcile the world. And it's going to last and it's going to stand forever. And even the gates of Hades are not going to overpower it. The underworld is not going to be able to have any power over it. And how great that is. And the church is going to be around forever. It's Christ meeting culture, this deplorable, we're like, what is going on there? Jesus is in there. He's saying, this place matters to me too. And when I look at these pictures, I'm going to have, you want to back up two pictures for me in the media room? When I look at this region, I mean, do you see the buildings I described here? No. No. When I see this now and what it looks like, okay, there's some tourists that know a little bit about the Bible, so they're checking it out. When I see this, that there's once a place where there was all kinds of partyings happening and, and life happening, and now it's not. It's desolate. I'm struck by the fact that cultures come and go. Cultures come and go. But you want to know something that's really cool about this place? There's a truth that still remains to this day about Caesarea Philippi. It's here where Jesus Christ was declared to be Christ, the Son of the living God. And that truth remains. So cultures come and go, and yet God's truth still remains to this day, even there. And it draws people to that location. This is where this happened. What do we do then? All right, we recognize that cultures come and go. This area that we have, we don't know what the next years and years are going to bring. It's a gift that we're here. The community that we get to serve, I mean, it's not about us, right? We need to be in the business of, of, of Jesus' business as, as we seek to impact the kingdom to his glory. We want it to be beyond us, right? and his work, and, and who Christ is. He's the son of the living God. And he seeks all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So he wants us out there doing life with him. Because culture comes and goes, but his word remains forever. And so I'm going to actually encourage you, if you have your cell phone with you, what I'd like for you to do is snap a picture of the screen so that you can take this home with you. And this is for any, any one of us. So just sit up there and snap a picture. It's all right. You can use your cell phone in church, okay? But here's what I want you to do. I want you to snap a picture of this. And I want you to take these questions home, maybe to a small group, maybe to your own personal reflection, and start to just give some thought to this because the world's talking about Jesus. Actually, these questions are from a college student that, I, uh, that reached out to me on Monday and said, hey, I'm doing a religion paper. Do you mind helping me with this? And I need a pastor's perspective on it. And so, I mean, the universities are talking about this kind of stuff, right? And so what is a Christian going to say? Right? What comes to your mind when you think about Jesus? Where'd you get your ideas about him? You know, have your ideas about Jesus changed over the years? I know mine have, right? It's cool. I mean, God planned this service beautifully, and, the, and this 
song that was sung, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, for the Bible tells me so. I mean, I was there as a young one, one time, just accepting on faith what my parents had taught me in the home, that Jesus exists and he loves me. Cool. But you know, as I've grown up and, and I realize that I'm a sinful human being and I need Jesus, my, my view of Jesus has changed. And when I see what he's done for me on the cross and for all sinners on the cross, and that he loved us that much that he was like, that changes you, right? It, and as, as I grow in my relationship, when I spend time in his word, it's just to get to know him more and more, right? Yeah, my view changes of him. What do you think Jesus' key teachings are? Or what do you think Jesus would say to you if he'd talk to you right now in person? Well, guess what? He is talking to you in person over and over, every time we're in his word. What would he say to the church? These are some good questions for us as Christians to just kind of reflect on and, and take away with us, right? And so I want you to have it on your cell phone so that if you find yourself with some dead time, rather than being on Facebook, maybe you're given some time to reflect on that. Plus, it's a lot easier to throw away a piece of paper if I give it to you, and here you can carry it with you. I'm excited about what God's doing in the church. I really am. I can't wait to see what people are going to be here that don't have a relationship with the Lord because of the work that he's doing. And he gets to use us. He's using us to do that. The entire church, not just St. Lawrence, but I know Utica's in the house, right? And then some other congregations are here. He's using all of us to be a witness to his life and work. And Jesus and his word are what everyone needs for life and salvation. And we get to be a part of that. Amen? Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all our understanding guard our house and lives in Christ Jesus. Amen.